Today's study takes us to Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17 and 18 are going to describe a great harlot who's sitting upon, a, upon the beast and the destruction of that harlot, and it'll lead into the beginning of chapter 19. I'm going to begin with chapter 17, verse 1. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I'm going to show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality, and those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her, of her immorality. And upon her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witness of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered greatly. What's important to note here at the beginning of chapter 17 is the parallel first off between chapter 17, verse 1, and chapter 21, verse 9. Revelation 17, verse 1 again says, I saw one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, and he came and he spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I'll show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 says, And I saw one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, full of the seven last plagues, and he came and he spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I'm going to show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Note that that extensive introduction of both 21.9 and 17.1 is almost identically, uh, almost identical. Uh, chapter 17, verse 1 simply says, I'm going to show you the great harlot, or the judgment of the great harlot. 21.9 says, I'm going to show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Both sections then describe uh, women, one describing the harlot of Babylon and one describing a woman or the, or the bride, the bride of Christ. That tells us that chapter 17, verse 1 through chapter 19, verse 10, and 21.9 through 22.9 are going to be parallel. They're going to both deal with two cities that are going to be portrayed as women. 19.11 through 21.8 is then going to be this passage that's going to be in the middle uh, of these two parallel uh, passages. Babylon then is described as a harlot. This harlot allures and tempts and seduces and draws people away from God. Now, it's important also to note that there are four women in the book of Revelation. There's Jezebel, a prophetess, who calls, or a woman who calls herself a prophetess, at least in chapter 2. There's a woman that's clothed with the sun in chapter 12, and she gives birth to the Christ child. And this woman, of course, appears to be Israel in the Old Testament, as well as the church in the New Testament, because the, the rest of her offspring are those who keep the commandments of God and, and hold to the testimony of Jesus in chapter 12. Then the third woman is this harlot Babylon in chapter 17, and the fourth woman is the bride, the bride of Christ in chapters 19 and 21. Uh, David De Silva, one of the great commentators, says that John is intensely concerned that Christians not profit from the Roman imperial economy. He regard, John regards that system itself as an entangling web of injustice and exploitation. And the, the description then in chapter 17 and 18 of, of the harlot Babylon is this Roman imperial economy. In Revelation 17, then, the worldly and idolatrous and oppressive powers are depicted as a rich and self-indulgent prostitute. This prostitute is going to be enthroned by sitting on the beast, which ultimately turns on her and brings her own and brings her destruction. The self-indulgence is seen in her dress. She's wearing gold and precious stones and pearls and purple and scarlet, and she has a gold cup. Richard Balcom, one of the great, another great commentator, says, At first glance, uh, she, she might seem to be the goddess Roma in all of her glory, a stunning personification of the civilization of Rome, as she's worshipped in many a temple in the cities of Asia. 
But, Balcom continues, as John sees her, she's a Roman prostitute, a seductive whore and a scheming witch, and her wealth and splendor represent the profits of her disreputable trade. A prostitute, of course, is a symbol for that which allures or tempts or seduces God's people away. The church has been seduced by the woman, John's telling us. Uh, the godliness of the prophet, uh, of the great prostitute, who's draped in this luxurious clothing, uh, her, she's richly adorned and she's sporting luxurious goods, highlights the, the deep commitment to excess and self-indulgence that John saw in the Roman economy. James Rosegue makes the comment that the reader is made aware of Babylon's true colors so as to not make the mistake of merging Christianity with the contemporary culture. That's a powerful statement. Although it's impossible to leave Babylon physically, ultimately, the, uh, as believers, we live in the world even though we're members of God's kingdom. We can leave, however, Babylon by resisting its norms, its values, and its beliefs, and by following the Lamb to the new promised land, to the new Jerusalem. Now, it's very important before we go too deep into the study of Revelation chapter 17 to note the comparisons with the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament context. The, the chapters 17 and 18 in the book of Revelation are deeply rooted in the prophetic critique of the original Babylon of its idolatry, of its violence, and of its, of its lavishness. Um, the harlot the Babylon is the heir of Babylon politically and religiously, and it's the heir of Tyre economically. The harlot, in Revelation 17-18, combines then features of Babylon and Tyre, just as Revelation 13 combined the four beasts of Daniel 7. Perhaps the most significant context for understanding the harlot Babylon is, is found in the book of Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16 describes God's grace uh, um, and, and favor even to this unfaithful uh, Jerusalem. Let me just note some verses from, from uh, Ezekiel chapter 16 that are relevant to our understanding of Revelation chapter 17. Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 11 says, I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your hands and a necklace around your neck. I also put a ring in your nostrils, earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your dress was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour, honey, and oil, and you were exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. Then your fame went forth among the nations on account of your beauty, for it was perfect because of my splendor which I bestowed on you, declares the Lord. But, verse 15 says, you trusted in your beauty, and you played the harlot because of your fame, and you poured out your harlotries on every passerby who might be willing. Down in verse 38 it says, Thus I shall judge you like women who commit adultery and are, uh, or shed blood are judged. I shall bring on you the blood of wrath and jealousy. Verse 44. Behold, everyone who quotes this proverb will quote this proverb concerning you, saying, like mother, like daughter. You are the daughter of your mother, and you loathe her husband and, her ch and children. You are also the sister of your sisters, who loathe their husbands and children. Your mother was a Hittite, and your father was an Amorite. Now your older sister is Samaria who lives north of you with her daughters, and your younger sister, who lives south of you, is Sodom with her daughters. Yet you have not merely walked in their ways or done according to their abominations, but, as if it were too little, you acted more corruptly in your conduct than they. As I live, declares the Lord God, Sodom, your sister, and her daughters have not done as you and your daughters have done. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. Um, she and her daughters had arrogance, abundant food, and careless ease, but she did not help the poor and the needy. Thus they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore, I removed them when I saw it. Now, it's really important to understand this Old Testament context. In the Old Testament, a harlot uh, refers to the people of God who confess God but are unfaithful. Remember, in the Old Testament, Israel, the people of God, are, are married to God. God is their husband. Uh, uh, they are the, uh, are the bride. 
but unfortunately, they have committed harlotry against God by following after other gods. So the idea of playing the harlot means literally to, to worship idols. Uh, harlotry and fornication are, are metaphors for economic exploitation, social tyranny, political compromise, and more significantly, religious assimilation. Now, it's also important in the book of Revelation to understand the fact that the harlot of chapter 17 and 18 contrasts with the woman clothed with the sun in chapter 12 and with the bride in chapter 19. Now, I already mentioned the parallel between chapter 17, verse 1, and chapter 21, verse 9. Both of them begin with this, I saw seven, one of the seven angels who had seven bowls, and he came and he spoke with me, and he said, come and I'll show you the, the judgment of the great harlot, whereas uh, chapter 21 says, come and I'll show you uh, the bride, the wife of the lamb. What's interesting to note, however, is chapter 17 then says that uh, he carried me away in the spirit, in verse 3, into the wilderness. In chapter 21, verse 9 says he, he carried me away into a, a great and high mountain. Uh, the wilderness, what's interesting is the fact that this woman who's sitting on a scarlet beast, uh, having uh, full of blasphemous names and seven heads and ten horns, she's in the wilderness. But the last time we saw the wilderness in the book of Revelation was in chapter 12, uh, where the, the woman is escaping from the dragon after giving birth to the child. And it says, the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. The wilderness is where the church is. The wilderness is where God's people are. The wilderness is where God's people are divinely protected. The wilderness idea and the theme of wilderness in Scripture has a number of different meanings. Wilderness is a place of testing, a place of trial, a place of tribulation. Uh, the Israelites were tested for 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, Jesus was tested for 40 days in the wilderness and tempted for 40 days. But the wilderness is also a place of God's provision. It's a place where God gave Moses the law. It's a, well, up on Mount Sinai in the wilderness. It's also a place where the Israelites had manna every single morning and water from the rock. So the wilderness is a place where God's people are. And so perhaps that might be the indication as to why John uh, was greatly astonished. In chapter 17, verse 6, he says, I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witness of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered greatly. Because the woman uh, in the Old Testament is a reference to God's people that he's beautifully adorned and, and, and provided for and, and, and dressed to be this beautiful bride. But instead, she turned out to be a harlot. So even though it's very common and popular to suggest that the Harlot Babylon represents Rome and Roman economy and Roman imperialism and Roman materialism. There's perhaps more to be seen in there. And, and that more to be seen is evident first off from its Old Testament context, that the harlot represents God's people who have gone astray by worshiping idols, but also by the parallel between the harlot and the woman. We see that the harlot was, was clothed in purple and scarlet and, a gold, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. The woman is clothed with the sun. The harlot, of course, is in the wilderness, but the people of God, or the woman, was also in the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. The harlot is said to be the mother of all harlots. The woman is the mother of Christ in the church. The harlot is prosperous, but the woman suffers economic harm. The harlot of, is adorned beautifully, and the bride in chapter 19 is adorned beautifully with pure linen. The harlot is destroyed, but the woman is delivered. The harlot has her security in the kings of the earth. The woman has her security in heaven. The woman, then, of chapter 12, who represents the believing community, and the bride of chapter 19, that represents, of course, the believing community in heaven, is contrasted with the harlot Babylon, perhaps, then, who represents the unbelieving community. Now, there's certainly something to be said for the idea that the harlot represents Rome and Roman economy and Roman materialism. But the description of the her as a prostitute, a symbol for that which allures and tempts and seduces God's people away, is a warning, then, of the church that you can leave Babylon by resisting its norms and its values and its beliefs and by following the Lamb. 
We're going to continue our discussion of the harlot in chapter 18 in our next podcast. Note that chapter 17 begins by saying, I'm going to show you the, the judgment of the harlot who sits on many waters. That judgment actually doesn't take place until chapter 18.